got color in your cheeks Do you ever get that feel that you can't shift the tide that sticks around like summits in your teeth Are there some aces up your sleeve Have you no idea that you're in deep I dreamt about you nearly every night this week How many secrets can you tune I found that makes me think of you somehow and I play it on repeat until I fall asleep spilling drinks on my settee Do I wanna know if this feeling flows both ways Hello my friends that you'd stay. It is June 13th 2022. My name is Critch, and you are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio. Sorry, my friends, for being away from the airwaves for so long. As usual, I got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I'm a little bit under the weather. <laughs> I've been burning the candle at both ends, and uh, it's just starting to catch up with me a bit. I got a bit of a scratchy throat, and I'm just not feeling 100%. So this might not be the longest of shows, but I wanted to get something out onto the airwaves so you guys didn't think that uh, I was dead and gone. <laughs> so what are we going to do today, my friends? Um, we got the sudden arrival of uh, sudden adult death syndrome that I wanted to talk about in the pre-show. And we got a couple articles that we're going to go through. We're going to we're going to talk about the secret OICs that Trudeau has been passing, and uh, we're also going to talk about one lawsuit. Um, uh, three, I believe, doctors have sued the FDA in regards to ivermectin or blo- the blocking of ivermectin. And then it, the bulk of the show is actually going to be a rebroadcast from. Um, quite frankly, uh, he had on an author that I am currently reading, Il- Ilana Freeland. And it was a, just an incredible interview, and, and what it's covering, the, the topic that it covers is basically frequency manipulation and how it, it relates to even world events and history and the fact that uh, the globalists potentially could have mastered this art and are using it in very nefarious ways. And I, I, the interview was so good, I wanted to bring it to you guys so you could hear it for yourselves. But w- first, let's look at sudden adult death syndrome. <laughs> what do you guys think of this? If you really want my opinion, this is just a cover for the fact that uh, adults everywhere are falling over dead now, uh, unexplicably falling over dead, so they say. So let's let's go to an article by the Health Desk. And now I just want to note when this was published. It was published on June 7th, 2022. Very weird that it would be this month uh, and that there's no previous records of this. And now I, <clears throat> they say even in this that it, it's noted in medical literature back in, in 1917. But I just, with it being published at the start of the month, I have a hard time believing any of that rhetoric whatsoever. So let's get into this. Uh, Like I said, this is from the Health Desk, written, published on June 7th, 2022, and the title is, What is Sudden Adult Death Syndrome? What are experts say? Sudden Adult Death Syndrome, also known as SADS, occurs when a person under the age of 40 years old suffers a sudden death without a known cause after an autopsy and toxicology screen. SADS causes a cardiac arrest when the heart rapidly stops pumping and the body loses heart function, breathing, and consciousness. SADS is often referred to as sudden arrhythmic death syndrome. It is also known as sudden death syndrome, though the events themselves are not always the same. 
Most of the time, SADS occurs when the heart develops an abnormal rhythm, otherwise known as arrhythmia. This can usually cause the heart to beat at an irregular rhythm that is too fast or too slow. If the arrhythmia is not diagnosed and treated, it can lead to cardiac arrest. Most scientists think SADS is caused by a heart condition that interferes with the heart's electrical system. SADS is not the same as a heart attack, also called a myocardial infraction, as it is not caused by a blockage or an arrhythmia. Sudden and unexpected deaths during sleep of young adults was first noted in medical literature in 1917. However, it is extremely likely this, is, this event has been happening in adults for centuries. Now, let's step out for a minute. I don't have, a, I don't have any doubt that this is probably real in specific cases. But today's world is a j completely different ballgame. Uh, we have the rollout of an experimental injection that we have no long-term uh, data on whatsoever. And it's funny how this all of a sudden, boom, just pops onto the scene. And it's a perfect cover for what's going on. <clears throat> Like you guys have heard, the American insurance companies are saying a 40% rise in deaths in working age people, 18 to 65. Uh, that's absolutely catastrophic. Um, you guys have also heard that it's you know a, a once a century cataclysm or event, such as a typhoon or an earthquake uh, that wipes out a lot of people in one shot is, only, is usually only a 10% rise in deaths. And we're talking about 40 already in the last two quarters of 2021. So this sudden adult death syndrome doesn't, doesn't even remotely come close to covering what we are experiencing. But let's carry on here. The biggest risk factors for SADS are a previous heart attack or a coronary heart disease given 75% and 80% of SADS cases are linked with these conditions respectively. Well, then it's not a sudden death. There's an actual... There's an actual roadmap to the death. So that's <clears throat> extremely contradictory uh, right there. That sentence in this, in this write-up by so-called experts, that that's not a sudden death of anything. That's, you, have, you have a roadmap of problems with the heart, and you knew that this was probably going to happen. So that's, that's just completely ironic that they would put that even in there. That, that just goes to show that they were rushed getting this out, trying to explain away what's actually going on. Other potential risk factors include heart issues, including uh, ejection fraction of less than 40%, combined with ventricle uh, tachycardia, prior cardiac arrest, abnormal heart rhythms, Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, fainting episodes with no known causes, extremely fast or low heart rates, heart blocks, former or current congenial heart failure, uh, cardiomyopathy, uh, changes in potassium and magnesium in the blood, thickened heart muscles and ventricle tachycardia or fibrillation after a heart attack. Uh, they list some, <clears throat> some things to look at, which is family history, genetics, obesity, diabetes, and use of drugs. All of this, oh, I hope you guys are picking up on the irony uh, of, of what I'm reading here. They're giving you actual known causes of death that can be traced but they're calling it SADS. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we were born at night, but it wasn't last night. This is just silly. Finally, young people with undiagnosed congeni uh, congeni congenital heart effects in younger populations or people over 35 with undiagnosed coronary heart disease may be at an increased risk for SADS due to these conditions being potentially associated with the event. Some of these undiagnosed and thus untreated conditions, including long QT syndrome, uh, Brugada syndrome, 
cataclomargeric, uh, polymorphic, ventricular, ventricular tachycardia, and progressive heart con- uh, conduction defect. Oh my God! Some of these, some of these names. Vaccines have not been associated or linked to sudden death in adults or children in general. Look how they just they just go right out on a limb there and, and point at what you already know it is. Myocarditis inflammation of the heart muscle has been associated in extremely rare cases following some vaccination efforts, but cardiac issues following a COVID-19 diagnosis are common. Are common. <clears throat> so now they're admitting that they're common. Before they were saying that there was no link. This article tells you that it's common. There you go. The incident of COVID-19 in uh, communities is closely linked to higher numbers of sudden cardiac arrest incident and lower survival rates. In fact, Sudden Arrhythmia Death Syndrome Foundation recommends that all SADS patients receive a COVID-19 vaccination. So they're covering their tracks too. They're saying it's actually linked to COVID-19. Well, then you just admitted guilt because we know it was created in a lab and released. So you're still killing people, no matter which way you flip this coin. You're responsible and you're, fl- and you're killing people. Context and background. A recent article in, the United King- in a United Kingdom newspaper has influenced several social media accounts into discussing the potential link between SADS, COVID-19, and COVID-19 vaccines. At this point, there is no direct link between SADS and COVID-19 vaccines. Oh, f- whatever. Myocarditis and other heart issues following COVID-19 vaccinations are currently being studied as these events have occurred in people who receive vaccinations immediately before developing the condition. However, several heart conditions are now linked to COVID-19 diagnoses. So they're pinning it all on COVID-19. But like I just said to you guys, they're responsible for COVID-19. We know it was created in a lab. It was given gain of function in Wuhan and it was released. The lab leak theory doesn't hold up either. So that's why I'm just flat out saying it was released. There's just no way it went globally as quick as it did without it being released. Anyway, my friends, let's get this show started. We'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom. 
with all thy sons. Command. All right, welcome back, my friends. What I want to do next is I want to turn your attention over to the Defender Children Health Defense News and Views for an article that was written on June 6, 2022, and the title reads, Doctors Sue FDA Alleged Crusade Against Ivermectin Unlawfully Interfered with Their Ability to Treat Patients. This was written by the Defender staff uh, on the 6th, like I told you. Three physicians are suing the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, for launching what they allege is a crusade against ivermectin as a treatment for COVID-19 that unlawfully interfered with the doctor's ability to practice medicine. In a lawsuit filed June 2nd, Dr. Robert A. Apter, Mary Tally Bowden, and Paul E. Merrick argued the FDA acted outside of its authority by directing the public, including health professionals and patients, to not use ivermectin, even though the drug is fully approved by the FDA for human use. The suit, filed in the U.S. District Court, Southern District of Texas, Galveston Division, also names the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra and Robert Khalif, Acting FDA Commissioner. According to the complaint, the FDA generally cannot ban particular uses of human drugs once they are otherwise approved and admitted to the market, even if such use use differs from the labeling, commonly referred to as off-label use. The FDA also cannot advise whether a patient should take an approved drug for a particular purpose. Those decisions fall within the scope of the doctor-patient relationship. Attempts by the FDA to influence or intervene in the doctor-patient relationship amounts to interference with the practice of medicine, the regulation of which is and always has been reserved to the states. The plaintiffs plaintiffs said their lawsuit isn't about whether ivermectin is an effective treatment for COVID-19. It's it's about who who determines the appropriate treatment for each unique patient and whether the FDA can interfere with that process. In their complaint, they cite an FDA publication, Why You Should Not Use Ivermectin to Treat or Prevent COVID-19, and tweets from the FDA, including one implying that ivermectin is intended for animals only. Among examples of the FDA discouraging the use of ivermectin. The plaintiff also argued if the FDA is allowed to interfere with the practice of medicine now, using the pandemic as a cover, this interference will metastasize to other circumstances destroying the carefully constructed statutory wall between federal and state regulatory powers and between the FDA and the professional judgment of health professionals. This lawsuit brought by three eminently qualified physicians is a welcome development, said Mary Holland, Children's Health Defense President and General Counsel. Holland told the, de- the, de- uh, the defender, these doctors rightfully asserted that the FDA, assisted by corporate media, have unlawfully interfered in the doctor-patient relationship and the appropriate treatment for individual patients. Regulating the doctor-patient relationship is an area of well-established state, not federal law. I hope these plaintiffs will enjoin the FDA from continuing to restrict access to ivermectin and, f- and from penalizing healthcare practitioners who use this licensed drug for their patients. 
Apter, who is licensed to practice medicine in Arizona and Washington and has a COVID-19 patient survival rate of more than 99.98%, was referred to the Washington Medical Commission and Arizona Medical Board for disciplinary proceedings for prescribing ivermectin to treat COVID-19. In a press release, Apter said, if doctors are freed to treat patients according to their best judgment and unprejudiced evaluation of the medical literature, many thousands more deaths and serious disabilities will be averted. Apter said the FDA's pronouncements against the use of ivermectin has been the basis for disciplinary actions against doctors, interfere with the doctor-patient relationship, and have had a severe severe chilling effect on the use of life-saving medication for deadly disease. In the lawsuit, Apter argued <clears throat> that government pressure, largely through the FDA, also led to pharmacies, especially in large corporate change, chains, to refuse to fill ivermectin prescriptions for COVID-19, because that position is supported by the FDA. Bowden, who according to the lawsuit, has 40 years of experience in emergency medicine, began recommending ivermectin to treat COVID-19 in early 2020. She treated more than 3,900 patients for COVID-19 with a success rate of over 99.97%. She said the FDA's actions regarding ivermectin, specifically its directives to stop using the drug to treat COVID-19, harm Bowden's ability to practice medicine and treat patients. Bowden's employer, Houston Methodist Hospital, last year forced her to resign by suspending her privileges for spreading COVID-19 misinformation. Oh my God. Bowden said she is fighting back. The public needs to understand what the FDA has done is illegal, and I hope this suit will prevent them from continuing to interfere with the doctor-patient relationship. In an interview earlier this year with The Defender, Bowden said she was all for the COVID-19 vaccines when they first came out. It was only when she started seeing what was happening with all the breakthrough cases, she wondered, why am I seeing so many COVID cases among fully vaccinated? Then her patients began having adverse reactions. If I hadn't seen that firsthand, I still I would still think the vaccine was the way to go, she said. As the pandemic evolved, Bowden developed protocols for uh, preventing and treating COVID patients. She said she's seen excellent results. The basis of it is ivermectin, she said, and also vitamin C and D, quercetin, zinc, and black seed oil. It's nothing complicated. It's just like with any anything in medicine, not one size fits all. Uh, protocols are guidelines. The controversy over prescribing ivermectin was initially intimidating and isolating, she said. I thought I was a little I was a little bitty island in a huge ocean, and now I realize that I am part of at least half a continent. Merrick, author <clears throat> Merrick, author of more than seven hundred and fifty publications, was a professor of medicine and chief pulmonary and cr- uh, critical care medicine. Uh, Chief of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at Eastern Virginia Medical School in Norfolk, Virginia from 2009 through 2021. He also served as Director of Intensive Care Unit at Centerra New Fork General Hospital. He developed a protocol for EVMS for treating COVID-19 called the EVMS COVID-19 Management Protocol, which included the Math Plus Protocol. However, according to the lawsuit, Merrick was forced to resign from his position at EVMS and uh, Centera Norfolk General Hospital for promoting the use of ivermectin, as well as other safe, cheap, and effective off-label FDA-approved drugs to treat COVID-19 following the FDA's attempts to stop the use of those drugs for that purpose. Merrick alleged in the lawsuit that referring 
that refusing to allow patients to receive effective early treatment for COVID-19 led to innumerable hospitalizations and deaths and caused extreme distress for patients, their families, and health professionals. Boyden and Gray and Associates, a Washington, D.C.-based law firm, is representing the plaintiffs. <clears throat> Ivermectin was developed in the 1970s as a vet as a veterinary medicine to treat parasitic diseases in livestock, but a decade or so later was hailed as a wonder drug and received approval for human use as a thera uh, therapeutic against diseases such as river blindness uh, and lymphatic uh, filariasis, according to Newsmax. Well, that's wrong. It was, uh, it, it was basically uh, used in people as quick as it was animals. So we, know, we already know that. We've gone through this drug so many times on this show. <laughs> you guys don't need to, uh, don't need to rehear that. Since 1987, it has been used safely in 3.7 billion doses worldwide. William Campbell and Satoshi Omoro won the 2015 Nobel Prize in Physiology and or Medicine for their research on the drug. Studies show ivermectin is associated with lower COVID-19 death rates, but the FDA, with help from mainstream media, continues to state, state the drug is ineffective for treating COVID-19. So there you go. you got three doctors in the U.S. that are fighting back on a very... Um, <clears throat> Uh, what should be a very public case, but um, we'll we'll keep following this one because, as you guys know, ivermectin is at the heart of my recovery from uh, not only COVID nineteen but other ailments. <laughs> so there's one more article that I want to tackle before we get into the uh, the bulk of the show here, and that is the OICs that we now know um, Justin Idiot and his fascists that masqueraded as liberals have been passing behind the scenes, and they still won't tell us what they are. This actually comes to us by way of the CBC. <clears throat> Shocking that they would even publish this, but they did. Trudeau government has adopted dozens of secret cabinet orders since coming to power. This is by Elizabeth Thompson, uh, and it was posted June 1st, 2022. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government has adopted 72 secret orders in council, hidden from Parliament and Canadians since, since coming to office, CBC News has learned. A review by CBC News of nearly 8,900 orders in council or cabinet decrees adopted by the federal government shows the number of secret or unpublished OICs has been rising since Trudeau came to power in 2015. The only outside indication that a secret OIC even exists is a missing number in the Privy Council's order and council database. OICs have a wide range of applications from stopping a foreign company from buying a Canadian business to outlining who is authorized to give the order to shoot down a commercial airliner hijacked by terrorists. More than half the secret order orders in council adopted by the Trudeau government have arrived since April 2020, a month after the COVID-19 pandemic began. 11 have been adopted so far this year. While the Liberals criticized the Conservatives in 2015 for the number of secret OICs they adopted, Trudeau's government has adopted more than twice as many over its years in office. The Trudeau government adopted five secret orders and councils in 2016, seven in 2017, eight in 2018, 12 in 2019, and it adopted none in 2015. The number of new secret OICs spiked at 21 in 2020 before dropping to eight in 2021. Four secret OICs adopted in 2015 were adopted by Prime Minister Stephen Harper's government. The government can cite a small number of reasons for exempting an order in council from the publication, such as national security or military operations, or because the OIC in question is related to national security reviews or proposed foreign investments in Canadian companies. 
Fuel for conspiracy theories. Opposition critics say there can be legitimate reasons for adopting secret OICs, but they're concerned by the large number of them adopted by the Trudeau government. They say there is also fear that the government's refusal to reveal, reveal anything about the secret OICs could fuel misinformation or conspiracy theories. Well, you don't say. Conspiracy theories? How about just conspiracy fact? Why don't we just call it what it is? <clears throat> Some of the secret OICs were adopted under the Investment Canada Act. It allows the government to avoid publishing cabinet orders related to national security reviews of certain transactions such as foreign companies' purchase of a Canadian business, such as a foreign company's purchase of a Canadian business. Laurie Bouchard, spokesperson for the industry minister uh, Francois-Philippe Champagne, said 32 of the secret OICs adopted between November 2015 when the Trudeau government came to power and March 31st, 2021 were related to investment, the Investment Canada Act. The government adopted 55 secret OICs during that time period. Bouchard said the number of secret OICs specifically related to the Investment Canada Act is not yet available for the period of March 31st, 2021 to present. During that period, the government adopted 17 secret order and councils. During a six-year period following the, for, uh, the during a six-year period under former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, eight secret orders and councils were introduced that were related to the Investment Canada Act, said Bouchard. During that period, April 1st, 2009 to March 31st, 2015, the Harper government adopted 22 secret orders and council. But the Investment Canada Act would only explain a portion of these secret OICs that have been adopted. The Privy Council has refused to release. At least two of the secret OICs adopted this year, citing a section of federal access to information law that allows the government to keep secret documents, which, if revealed, could reasonably be expected to be injurious uh, to the conduct of international affairs, the defense of Canada or any state allied or associated with Canada, or the detention, prevention or suppression of subversive or hostile activities. One of, the, one of those two OICs was adopted between January 28th and February 1st, 2022. The second was adopted on February 18th. The first of those two OICs was adopted around the time the convoy protests began to occupy downtown Ottawa. The second was adopted as police began arresting protesters and were about to launch an operation to clear protesters from the streets. So <clears throat> if you want my guess, they were orders in council to, to, to completely bypass the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That's why they don't want you to know anything about it. Because they just... as We all watched what they did. We all watched as they just fully stepped into their role as fascists. We, uh, we watched what they did. We know that they completely bypassed and they, they've got so many breaches of the, of the uh, charter when it came to, came to their handling of the, the protests in Ottawa, the peaceful protests, I might add, which was the trucking convoy... Um, they're, they're in hot water. Like if this ever gets to light, which it will eventually probably 10 years, 10 or 15, 20 years down the road, we'll finally learn what they were actually up to. And nobody's going to care at that point. We all know that most Canadians have the attention span of a flea and, uh, 15 minutes later are looking the other way, but on CPR, we don't, (laughs) as you guys know, because I still frequently bitch whine and moan about the high river gun grab. And they just think that people have forgotten that. And I refuse to. I refuse to. And that's actually very applicable these days now that we're under a whole bunch more new gun uh, laws and regulations and oh my God. 
this freaking fascist com- country that we live in now. Let's carry on here before I get onto a huge rant. <clears throat> the second uh, the second was adopted as police began arresting protester, protest leaders and were about to launch an operation to clear protesters from the streets. That second secret OIC also appeared a few days before Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th. COVID-19 was also continuing to spread at that time. Whatever. CBC still running cover for them. The Privy Council office refused to reveal any details of the OICs or their subjects. Four more secret orders in council were adopted around May 6th, the day before Trudeau's surprise trip to Ukraine. The one OIC in that sequence was published was published added Russian individuals and entities to Canada's sanction list. The Prime Minister's office won't say whether those OICs were related to the conflict in Ukraine. The five remaining secret OICs of 2022 were adopted between March and May. Uh, <clears throat> Privy Council won't say why orders were kept secret. Beyond revealing that two orders in council were being kept secret under access to information law, the Privy Council refuses to explain the grounds used to justify keeping secret the other unpublished OICs, or to say whether any of the secret OICs are related to the COVID-19 pandemic or renewals of previous orders. The Privy Council said in a media statement that it believes in transparency. Oh, please. The number of orders that are that either are or are not published in any given year is not a proxy measure for transparency in government, PCO spokesperson Pierre Allen Bujold told in the statement. That is because the legislative, legis, legislative, socio-economic, and national security context evolves and changes significantly year to year. Normally, orders in council are published on a privy, privy council website where Canadians and parliamentarians can see them, but an exception, an exception can be made for OICs that meet a very narrow list of conditions that allow them to remain unpublished or secret. Some cabinet ministers may not even know about them, while OICs must be signed by the Governor-General, convention states that uh, conve- convention states that only four members of cabinet have to sign the documents first. Former Privy Council officials say OICs are supposed to be kept secret only in rare circumstances because publicity is the only real check on their use. Uh, In 2015, Privy Council officials said secret orders and councils were being kept in a safe separate from other OICs and cabinet ministers were only being briefed on them in rooms that had no wireless access. Privy Council officials now refuse to confirm whether those same security measures are still in place. A review by CBC News of secret orders in council since 2002 found that none adopted in 2002 or 2003 under the Prime Minister Jean, under then Prime Minister Jean Chrétien, while three were adopted in 2004 and 2005 under then Prime Minister Paul Martin. That number began to rise under Prime Minister Stephen Harper, fueled in <clears throat> part by provisions adopted in 2009, in 2009 requiring that OICs stemming from national security reviews under the Investment Canada Act be left unpublished. During its nine years in office, the Harper government adopted 29 secret orders in council. Conservative foreign affairs uh, critic Michael Chong said Trudeau promised a more open and accountable government. While unpublished orders in council are sometimes necessary, the number of unpublished orders in council under this government raises concerns, he said. It is incumbent on the government to provide a more detailed explanation uh, of why the number of unpublished orders in council has increased. 
Um, so there you go. You kind of get the picture. Um, there's a bit more in this article, but uh, we've kind of painted the picture for you. You guys are all well aware of this is this is going on. Um, if you want my guess, <clears throat> Harper did it when he unsecured our our bank accounts, and Trudeau is doing it to stomp all over the the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, especially when it related to getting rid of peaceful protesters, which we have the right to do. We have the right for to peaceful assembly. And you have the right to peaceful protest. Um, he had to he had to loophole or get around the charter to to force people out of Ottawa, or act as a fascist. But there's way more than that. So you know he's doing other greasy shit behind the scenes, uh, like I don't know, laundering money through Ukraine. He probably had to do an OIC to to steal our money and launder it through there, and give away our military weapons that are now on the black market, probably in the hands of ISIS. Just to name a few things that he's probably had to to write up OICs to to accomplish, <clears throat> but it's frustrating to say the least. And uh, you know, sunny ways and transparent government is now out the window completely. We know that this guy is nothing but globalist filth, and nobody's being fooled by this this uh, good hair guy anymore. <laughs> good hair guy. I don't know. I was just off the cuff. <laughs> okay, my friends, let's move away from that one and let's get into the bulk of this show. All right, so I'm just going to give a little bit of a disclaimer before we get into this. This does go down um, a bit of a rabbit hole, but uh, you guys are all well aware of the manipulation and everything that's going on. Um, when it comes to, I would, this includes everything. This includes uh, uh, chemtrails to harp to uh, frequency manipulation to all the way down to vaccination. Alana Freeland uh, is the author of a book that I am currently reading called Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetism, and, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology. And when you start researching this topic, let me first say that the book is an absolute trip. I'm, I'm about a quarter of the way through it, and I've had to, I found that I've had to reread uh, specific paragraphs, if not entire chapters, uh, because she covers so much so quick that your your mind uh, becomes like a sponge, and you just have to you have to re re reread stuff because it's just taking in so much information. She's absolutely brilliant. She's been studying this stuff um, since she was a youth in the '60s. She'll explain all that in this interview, and I just wanted to rebroadcast this because it was a quick interview. But Frank does such a good job interviewing people, um, and especially with Alana, he he can draw out the right. He asks the right questions. Uh, the other thing that this that uh, at the time uh, the Uvaled shooting had just happened. So what Frank was doing was he was trying to piece together um, basically maybe frequency uh, manipulation and and causing people to act really weird. Um, now there's a there's a there is a operation that they mention. Uh, in this interview, it's called Crimson Mist, and that happened in Africa. And the U.S. military actually experimented on uh, frequency manipulation on uh, African tribes, and it ended up that these two tribes like brutally killed each other. Like it was a complete and total uh, bloodbath, as it's described in the interview. Uh, so there is accounts and records of what frequency manipulation in humans is capable of doing. So when you start plugging that into mass shootings. Is it a far stretch to think that maybe these people are being manipulated through frequency as well as uh, um, therapists and antipsychotic drugs? You add all that together plus vaccination. Now let's 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 include vaccination in there because we do know that uh, um, <clears throat> there's nanotechnology in these shots. 
along with graphene oxide, which basically turns you into a fucking beacon for uh, for frequency. Now, without regurgitating this whole interview, let's turn it over to Frank and a lot of and a lot of Friedland, and we will talk about this a little bit more after. A lot of Freeland, are you there, my friend? I am here. Oh, it's so good to have you back. It really is. Always fun with you. Well, this time you get to see me, too, because now that I've gotten a little bit better with, with Zoom, I was able to free up a second webcam, and now, now, now you're not just talking at a blank screen or an, or an avatar. So welcome to the show. It, it's, a, it's so great to have you back. I hope that the book is doing well, and, uh, and, and thank you for coming on in short notice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, traveling tomorrow, so as I told you, I can't stay as long as we'd like. It's okay. It's okay, because I have a couple of really pointed questions, and I'll start off with this one. My guest last night, Rich Barris, we, we had a, he posed a rhetorical question. We were talking about what really is ailing our country from a cultural standpoint and from surface-level standpoints that, of course, could in themselves contribute to an atmosphere of tragedy and uh, you know, mental unraveling, cultural unraveling, all that stuff. But he asked a rhetorical question I would love for you to crack open for us. He asked, why was it? That for nearly the first 200 years of this American Union's history, mass murder on the scale that we're looking at right now, or in, in the, the, the way that it's perpetrated right now, was nearly non-existent. And why did it change around the late 1960s onward? So where would you begin to unpack that, Ilana? Well, that's a, that is a really good question. And it's a his, historical question which I find most people in America really don't understand that if you don't study your history, you are doomed to repeat it. And I think we are definitely involved in that right now. Back in the 60s, uh, I was a 60s person, so I was young and uh, hopeful, and I had had the great experience of having tea with President John F. Kennedy in the Rose Garden wow. at Girls Nation, uh, and then uh, when he was murdered, shot down like a dog in Dallas, I was invited by the same civic groups that had paid for my trip to come back and talk about my time with Kennedy. So for me, it was the awakening. It was an awakening in tragedy. Uh, most of America sort of became deflated, I would say, in 1963 after that event. Um, the perpetrators were never pursued. There were tons of uh, rumors going on in my generation. We all knew the CIA had been involved in, in some way. We also knew that big oil must have been involved given that it was in Dallas. Um, we, uh, we were all confounded and felt helpless. And as you know, Martin Luther King was then killed. He would have been Robert Kennedy's running mate. And he was murdered in Memphis uh, and then uh, not not a couple of months later, uh, boom, Robert Kennedy was killed in Los Angeles. So for my generation, the murder of the three kings, which is what I call them, 
uh, was uh, th these murders announced the coming of some sort of diabolical apotheosis. I completely knew that on a subconscious level. I was pretty young and we were just beginning to put things together. There was no term like conspiracy theory until the CIA uh, uh, brought it forward when people began to put together that Oswald really had nothing to do with the assassination of John Kennedy. So, uh, so the CIA became um, <clears throat> something I was thinking about at that time, and we were all discussing. Uh, there were many, many discussions. The Newsweek and uh, Time Magazine liked to portray my generation as being nothing but sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They are, they are absolutely wrong. Uh, yes, that's what it became once the CIA took control through COINTELPRO uh, of the 60s generation. But before that, we were, I would say the three terms that described us were political, um, social, community uh, social, and, uh, uh, and spiritual. We were all looking for America. We were all looking for something deeper than a 50s lifestyle in the suburbs with green lawns. So um, that that was the beginning. So you wonder why this all started in the 60s. Yes, that is exactly when it started. In fact, I almost pinpointed that the year 1973 was one of the most horrific years that this country has been through in that there were so many Manchurian candidates out now that MKUltra was supposedly over. That was what the church committee came up with in 75, that the CIA, they slapped the CIA's hand and the CIA said, oh yeah, well, we, we were bad. We ended that in 73. Not true, right. not true at all. Yeah. And so it was a whitewash. And that's when I learned that once something goes into committee, as it did in 1995 under Clinton, we had the human radiation uh, 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 Senate meeting, and uh, Clinton uh, gave some facile apology to the people who had been tortured under MKUltra and radiation experiments, and it was a whitewash as well. So um, I've never... I haven't trusted government since, well, since I was uh, came of age. Uh, none of us did. We knew that it would come down. Uh, you can't maintain a lying, deceptive, uh, murderous culture uh, for forever. It has to. It has to fall because truth, truth does reign. Uh, but, but. Unlike my, many of my generation, I knew that it would be decades before it came down. And so I set myself the task at that time, young as I was, to really start studying uh, the demise and the downfall of a culture built on lies, deception, Hollywood, uh, CIA running rampant that John Kennedy tried to stop and look what happened to him. And so, you know, everything was already culminating then but it wasn't obvious to the masses because it was 
The lies worked for many years after. We've had a mockingbird mainstream media ever since. The mocking, Operation Mockingbird happened in 1973, and we have had a lying, deceptive uh, media filled with CIA agents, I might add, ever since. And so, you know, the American people now are going through the trauma and the shock of uh, things coming out under whatever the term is, uh, you know, that it's a, a new world order or it's, uh, you know, we have Klaus Schwab giving us new terms and we have new organizations and new this and new that, but it's all, it's all the same stuff. It's the same stuff, only now there's no apologies for it. And uh, they are, they being the global elite, who have always been in charge through their corporations, through their dynastic families, uh, they they are uh, absolutely unapologetic. Why? What what makes the difference? Well, technology makes the difference. Technology, because we didn't have the sophisticated technology we have now. Uh, and you know, it's uh, I was on a, a transatlantic call a while ago. Uh, talking about the fact that every day there's new technology out that is destructive, is uh, is completely uh, warlike, and uh, it's it's obvious that it used to be that we thought of things as America uh, versus uh, dark forces trying to take it over. Now I think of it as life itself is under peril by those who hate life uh, and who hate humanity. Uh, they don't want real human beings anymore. They want machine human beings. They want brain-computer interfaces. Uh, Manchurian candidates are not enough anymore to take out some poor souls who have been damaged in their childhood and program them into killers. No, now it's, it's a matter of destroying the human spirit itself. And the technology is there, and that's what this third book is all about, is, is putting together these technologies that I first started looking at it through the lens of the chemtrails that were up in the high stratosphere, and have slowly over the years, the 13 years I've been involved in this, in three books, uh, of really looking at how the environment was carefully prepared by... Uh, these masters of the universe who sought to make it uh, inimical, unfriendly, and destructive to the natural human being so that they could fit in their transhuman model of a human being. And that's what we're undergoing now. Uh, and we, we had it first in the chemical trails. We had it in the biologicals that were coming down that we were all breathing in because it was on such a tiny scale, we couldn't see it. We were just breathing it in and it went in our lungs and it went in our blood and it went into beyond the blood-brain barrier and Alzheimer's and uh, began to just burgeon. Uh, and at the other end of life, uh, children were getting autism. And now I think it's, uh, it's an unbelievable one out of six boys in America is on the autistic spectrum. So, um, you know, this was all due to the aluminum oxide. This was due to the electromagnetism that was zapping our skies. Uh, they were 
controlling the ionosphere. They were bringing ions down from the ionosphere for their wireless operations. I mean, it, you know, the technology has come in a huge wave to uh, not give us any time to understand the technology. This is what makes this time so crucial to the human spirit, to the human biological form, to the future of children, uh, of everyone, is that, uh, you know, before it was sort of political and we hadn't really gotten this kind of technology mm. that could, could kill over time uh, in a wireless way. We, we weren't aware of electromagnetism being uh, inimical to the hu human body, to the life forces that drive our bodies, uh, and well, and now we we are aware, and and now we're we're absolutely overwhelmed by uh, everything revealing itself so rapidly. That's that's what people are going through. That's what I wanted to ask you a little bit more about here, especially especially right now because we're in the middle of another cycle of more more uh, specifically these mass shootings. Um, obviously, it's it's more so where are they going to point the television cameras? There's a lot of different types of reverse psychology. There's a lot of th things at play. But and I'm 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 so happy that you brought up Mockingbird. I'm glad you brought up MK Ultra, uh, and especially even those uh, those '60s assassinations. We know to to this day, Sirhan Sirhan says he doesn't remember anything about. The the the, uh, the time there. Uh, I think a couple of people said he had blanks and it was just all all a big all a big uh, deal. Another patsy flushed. Hinckley is about to get out. I, I just heard that he's going to have uh, unconditional parole. Going to be let out now after 41 years trying to kill a president. Who, of course, if he did die, the main beneficiary of that would have been an ex CIA director. But you know, I got to ask you this. There's a problem with um, the problem with diagnosing so many of the most urgent problems we have is that they're multifaceted. You know, you have come on this show many times to talk about the state of food, water, the air we breathe, domestic military operation, that is our, our media, education, pharmaceuticals. But last night, I was watching, after I got off the air, a video of my uh, of, of uh, amazing Polly, our friend Polly. She did a, a, a history, a little, a little video about the history that focused on radio frequencies having being used to instigate violence, mass murder, even war. Uh, I think she focused in on, on Crimson Mist. I know that you have done something on that in the past. I'd love for you to talk about that because then I want to bring up another question about Bill Cooper before we run out of time. So can you talk a little bit about Crimson Mist and, and, uh, and how it may be uh, relevant to what we're living through right now? Well, that was that Rwanda operation in which I, I know the uh, the Tutsis and the uh, whatever the other tribe, I don't remember their name right now, they were uh, opposing each other. And, and it, it very much when the Ferguson, Missouri uh, uh, violence broke out many years after that, I've thought of Crimson Mist because the violence that was in Ferguson, Missouri, over an incident in which a black boy was shot by a police officer. Uh, the violence that the crowd went through two or three nights after the event uh, was obvious. It was obvious to me that it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of an electromagnetic triggering, just like the Rwanda 
Crimson Mist did when uh, the, the Tutsis and Hutus fought each other and it was a bloodbath. Uh, the guy who, who did the lion's share of reporting on it was a fabulous Australian journalist named Joe Viles. And I was a big follower of his. And it wasn't long after that uh, when before Joe was, of course, killed. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's when uh, journalists, being a journalist was, uh, was tantamount to just looking for a death sentence. Uh, and Joe was, was admired by many, many of us who, who wrote and did research. So uh, what's going on now, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is a frequency war is going on now because they have the uh, technology, particularly with 5G, the millimeter waves, and 5G, in my opinion, is always uh, in tandem with 6G because 5G does what I call leapfrogging uh, from one small antenna or, uh, and that would be a phased array antenna, to another uh, for, any number of miles, that doesn't really matter, uh, uh, to the site, perhaps there's where there's a targeting going on, and it's the 6G that actually does the penetration for uh, what eventually ends up in the body and brain. Uh, this is how uh, individuals are going to be targeted, this is how regions are going to be targeted, uh, and ethnic groups, genders, uh, whatever, uh, the, to know the frequency. And, and I'm, this is what I'm really talking about everywhere I can. I just got back from a book tour. I did 16 talks in five states. Uh, gee Liz, why did I do that? Uh, so, um, I wish uh, I knew. Did you come by New York? No, I've never crossed the Mississippi. Oh, okay. I don't go across the Mississippi. Okay, okay. I'm out here in the West. Well, at least I didn't miss uh, out on anything. I, as long as I didn't miss out, I'm very selfish no, over no, here. No, no, you okay. haven't missed out. No, I would need people to bring me, and uh, nobody's made any noise east of the Mississippi. Nobody, not one person. Whereas out West, I have a big following. Anyway, uh, the idea that they can use frequency to transmit disease. Let's, let's wrap our heads around this for a moment because they are changing, and I've read it in many sources, uh, they are changing molecular biology into digital biology. What that means is that they don't have to have the, uh, the, the uh, gain of function virus, the gain of function bacteria, uh, the, any, any of that anymore. All they need is the exact frequency. And then they can use the 5G, 6G system to transmit. And, and this is what uh, a lot of people are going through who keep talking about, um, I always forget that term because it's so not true. Uh, when you're next to someone who's been vaxxed and you pick up symptoms, uh, that is due not to- Shedding. Uh, shedding. That is not due to uh, viral uh, contagion at all. That is due to the fact that all the vaxxed people are now electromagnetically uh, on a leash, an electromagnetic leash, uh, completely invisible, to uh, the supercomputers and maybe even quantum computers 
who are uh, collecting data on this massive world-scale experiment uh, into genetics and nanotechnology, the uses of nanotech. Uh, and, uh, and so you get close to someone who's been vaxxed and you suddenly have symptoms. That's because you're, you're in the transmission field and now you're picking it up. And I don't know if they knew this before they started this or they learned it from the shedding that was going on everywhere. Uh, but now what's happening, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, I experienced it on my book tour. I got hit big time. And what I was getting hit with when I was finally able to think about it, because it would even take my thought, it would take my my verbal center. Uh, I mean, while I was giving talks, I was getting hit. Uh, and I guess the guys who control my file had decided that I should experiment, I should experience what I was trying to tell the public about as far as this new Rwanda-type frequency that can be broadcast and you can be, yes, it can make you violent, it can make you uh, complacent, it can make you uh, hate, uh, you know, when you, you know, hate the word Trump. It can do all of that. But, but what I'm saying is it can be used to transmit disease. And then when I say disease, I'm going to put little quotation marks around it because it is not a viral disease. It is the frequency of symptoms that have been sort of set in place in these so-called diseases that have been really created uh, in labs. I mean, come on, they're created in labs. Do we know that yet? I mean, let, let's just cut to the chase here. And those that entails frequencies. So they don't even need to send any organic material. They don't even need to, you know, put LSD in your drink anymore. They can just send you the frequency of LSD, and you're going to trip. This so, sounds like uh, it's, this sounds like reversed homeopathy, because yeah, I, I, when yeah. I when I um, what you're describing sounds like reverse homeopathy. Because when it was first described to me, how for example you were going to make a homeopathic uh, tincture for I don't know, let's say poison ivy, you would actually take maybe a, 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 some, some essence of that poison ivy plant, put it into a five-gallon jug, turn it over a little bit, then take one drop of the five-gallon jug, put it into another five-gallon, and dilute it to, point, to points where there's absolutely nothing left of that initial um, sample of the poison ivy. But what there is there is a energetic resonance that can then go and counter that presence on the skin and actually neutralize it. And what you're what you're saying right now actually sounds like a homeopathic method to to deliver to deliver harm instead of take it away. Yes, I'd call it diabolical. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, well, yes, it is. Well, look, and uh, go ahead. No, because I I I know that we only have about twelve minutes left, so I I wanted to get one more maybe complimentary question in there on all this stuff because we're talking about radio frequency, but I wanted to bring up Bill Cooper. Uh, real quick, because he when he published his very famous um, Pale Horse, he talked about in one segment about um, Project Orion, and he said that it was a an initiative to start saucing up children with Prozac and other mind-altering drugs in, in order to precipitate 
eventual mass murders that would be used to come for people's right to self-defense and 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 whatnot. So what I want to ask you is, I guess, how do how do you tie the free the radio frequencies? And the drugs, how do they work together? And and in in a little bit more specifically, where I try to uh, figure out what came first, the chicken or the egg? Can a Manchurian candidate? I'll just call them that for for sake of brevity here. Can they be targeted by this technology, or must they be entrapped and groomed first? Or like, can you target one person out of a crowd of fifty with this technology alone? Uh, because it just seems like there are so many factors at play that um, that we're, we're, that we, you know when you're chipping away at a person's resolve or their discernment, their autonomy, it's just hard to gauge what comes first. You have to soften them up, or can you actually go and target one? Per- you see one person in a, in a crowd of fifty, you can get that person. Or oh, you can get that person, okay. no question, because you you're looking at um, how it used to be, where there there was a there were variety there's a variety of of factors that you had to take into account when you were the cia and you were working on mk ultra for a manchurian candidate or a sex slave or a drug mule or you know the people out in the field you had to uh you had to have an agent watching uh agents now what do we have we have uh well uh arthur furstenberg uh says the uh, the author of the invisible rainbow says that there may be as many as 475,000 satellites up now so they can see uh forget postage stamp uh they've got our evoked potential our our frequency our our extremely unique frequency if they want it and they can uh, immediately go straight down using your evoke potential, get inside your brain, and now you are theirs. And, and am, I being, uh, uh, am I being bombastic by saying that? No, not at all. Uh, the guy who's told us about it is Robert Duncan. And, uh, you know, he was a PhD working for the bad guys. And he was used and exploited and programmed. Uh, so, you know, the I think it's called RNM, remote neural monitoring, uh, is now the way that most killers who are uh, doing children and things uh, are, uh, are, are affected. Now, something I wanted to bring up uh, that you haven't brought up, but I want to look at my notes here for a moment. Um, this was uh let's go here yeah okay at that um that astro world festival with travis scott on november 5 2021 in houston texas uh from which came 10 deaths 2400 injured and 2500 more cases being reviewed according to nbc uh what was going on there was uh this whole crowd of kids who were listening to uh, the rap music of Travis Scott, and it looked to be that Travis Scott, during the entire uh, catastrophe that happened there of people being, uh, as this, uh, as I describe it here, um, damaging frequencies like 5G, 6G, and, and injections, there were people walking around randomly, it seemed, injecting young people there uh, with nanobots and who knows what, data mining them, uh, wireless brain cloud signaling, 
uh, altering the music, and who knows what the music frequencies were doing. Uh, the the uh, it, it was it was so obviously a a a Rwanda type operation that was going on, uh, and of course everyone is confused because when you have electromagnetics and you have uh, obviously some sort of inoculations got the drug thing going on the chemicals and then you have the music frequency coming and travis standing up there sort of like a robot an automaton just singing while people are dropping like flies and people are running in to carry them out i mean you know, and then what does that do to Americans who see that? Maybe you see just a, just a, a clip. Uh, well, it, it throws you into trauma. That the witnessing of trauma, uh, even though we need to learn from these things, I, I totally am I'm for that. Uh, but the visual trauma, such as the Kennedy assassination, uh, 9-11, these things that you film and then show again and again and again. Now you're, you're, you're in the realm of mind control. And what we have is a complete nation of mind controlled people who are now primed for uh, 5G, 6G control. Uh, you, can, you can zap them with symptoms. It's not the disease. I keep saying that it's not the disease. It's just the symptoms. You have the symptoms, but you're really not sick. You just your body is not working now because you have been uh, entered by this frequency that resonates through all your cells, all your muscles, all all your brain cells, and and you end up having uh, like I did on my tour. You have these symptoms of being sick, but you're not really sick. You don't feel sick, but your body is not working anymore. And your brain is kind of in a in a fog. So uh, you know we call this uh, COVID nineteen uh, that we've learned we've been taught to think of it as as COVID nineteen when really what it is is five G flu. That's what it is. It's a five G flu. I had a five G flu, but on the other hand, they I believe really hit me, transmitted symptoms to me that did some other things besides the usual 5G flu. So uh, that's where we're at now. And, and I, I'm, I'm going to say it over and over again. Uh, this is so serious. I mean, can you see what they can do with this if they can control the public mind with mind control and then use the 5G, 6G sim, uh, uh, system to do transmissions, uh, digital transmissions of disease states uh, that give symptoms, but it's not viral, it's not contagious. It's being done by a 5G, 6G system. And that's why, I don't know if you remember this, but right after the Wuhan thing, remember how, um, oh, what was their name? Allison, uh, I can't remember her last name came out with a video saying, hey guys, what about the 5G? Wuhan had just been armed with the state-of-the-art 5G three weeks before this thing happened in Wuhan. Yeah, oh, that got buried really fast. Wasn't it the first smart, smart, first smart city on the, on the planet? 
I, I forget, but wasn't it one of the first smart cities with the so-called smart cities? Well, yes, but in the sense of the 5G was was more powerful than anywhere else, including the United States. Uh, and uh, But what they did is every time somebody would bring up 5G, that, that fact checkers would move in and slam that baby down so that no one was thinking anymore about the 5G part, except the white vans were pulling up everywhere in America as the guys got out and were getting that 5G up as fast as they could. I know, yeah, I know that's what's one thing that we were dealing with. I think it was in 2020 into 2021. There were a yeah. few, few regions in the country that are still pushing back. I got to say, I, I've heard all of this. And I, I hold it all in check, and I hold it all in balance. I don't, I don't really know where, where, where the hell I lean on everything. I've been, I've been quote unquote sick uh, in the last a month and a half. Uh, it, it felt like I was sick. <laughs> I had, I had a fever. I had some other, but you know, at the same time, I don't know what the hell I trust. So, I, I, but, but when, as, as far as it comes to the actual historical the historical presence of mind control and radio frequency, not even, even in a, in a, such a nuance. And we, we've heard about voice to skull technology. We've heard about even more crude implementation of radio and sound waves through active denial systems. So we know uh, it's all there decades worth of, of evidence and history of this stuff being used in, in a great many ways. So I, I'm 100% open and 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 believing that this is being used to at least i mean i remember this alana i know we have to go so i want i want you to to plug a few things before we go but i remember when i was first starting to get into this thing particular when you know the the around the time that i first started hearing about what's being sprayed in the sky and all that i think it was in high school when I started picking through some of the information that when I found studies on television hypnotism, uh, the flicker rates, not only in the old tube televisions, but the flicker rates in street lamps at the time, uh, that how it could be used to either subdue or agitate people uh, to either inflame times of, of social turmoil or depending on what is more valuable to the state for people to be calm or be agitated, that things like that were already... A, a very viable dual-purposed uh, dual purpose uh, mechanism. So, uh, yeah, that that was primitive technology to what is probably around now, 35 years later. So you don't have to sell me on that at all. I really appreciate this. Um, you putting a nice, a nice, um, well-focused. Don't mind that. That's my phone. Okay, my bad. Well, anyway, thank you for focusing this for us because I wanted to ask about this in particular. Let us everybody let everybody know where you're going to be. I know you're going out to to do some recording. I can't wait to see what you're working on. But um, any more book touring? What can people look for from you? Well, uh, yeah, I'm involved in serving the book. You know, you write a book, you think it's out. Okay, it's out. That's over. No, no, no. This is just the beginning. And the book is has been selling like hotcakes, especially in Europe, uh, where people still read. So, uh, I mean, it's uh, it, it's been great. It's been great. It's been a great ride. It is a super, super uh, important book, primarily because it's the only book that is trying to tie 
all of this together. Now, let me give you the title. I don't even think we did that. Uh, it, you know, uh, geoengineered transhumanism, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetism, and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. And the synthetic biology is the important one that now we are all experiencing through loved ones, through people we know, people at work, uh, people getting uh, vaxxed. Uh, and, and we know something is going on there. We know it's gene drive stuff, it's gene manipulation, but we don't know enough about the nanotechnology and we don't know enough about the electromagnetic leash that all the uh, vaxxed people are on. We need to study this technology because humanity, the existence of the human species is under assault. And I am deadly serious. This is not science fiction. And I am devoting everything in my life to this because I love humanity. Yeah, we've got some bad apples and we got some way worse than bad apples that we've let run rampant who now have tremendous power, tremendous technological and financial power. So, you know, this is the time to come to the fore and live a life of, uh, of extraordinary importance that history will remember for the ages. Uh, that's how I feel. That's the way I live. Uh, I'm not just talking it. I walk the talk, and uh, and now and then there's some danger, but uh, but on the whole, oh yeah, th this is service to the best of humanity. Well, Elena, we always appreciate not only your work but your time when you come spend it with us, and uh, I hope that we can link up again when you're back from Texas, and we can uh, we could do something again soon. There's always going to be. Something to talk about that we're going to need some clarity on, and I always appreciate your perspective on things. Alanafreeland.com. I just put your book uh, cover up on the screen so people. Oh know yeah, and let me say let me say something there, Frank. Yes. Uh, that if people want the book, the color edition is only available through the Rudolf Steiner Bookstore in Seattle, Washington. Uh, this guy's doing me a favor. Uh, by sending these books out. The color edition is well worth having. It's just $15 more than the black and white edition on Amazon. So I just wanted to clarify that. And that, and that link is on the website as well? Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Great. It is. Okay. And then just remember the name Rudolf Steiner Bookstore in Seattle. Yeah. Wonderful. Ilana, it's safe travels, and we will talk soon. Thank you for everything. Thanks, Frank. All Bye. Right. Be well. There you go. So obviously there is a lot to chew on in that interview, my friends. Um, I, I would recommend, like always, that you listen to it a couple times. I myself have listened to it two or three times, and I just absolutely loved it because it, she, she does such a wonderful job of tying everything together. Um, and that was just a short, quick interview. I, I, could, I could listen to her for hours. And uh, the book is, is times a million, uh, the details in the book. So... I guess I would recommend finding it. Like like you heard her say, um, you can you can get it on Amazon. It's quite expensive. I, I believe it was sixty bucks plus shipping and handling. So it's a it's a very expensive book. Of course, Amazon's going to charge you through the ass for it because they don't want you reading this stuff. But <clears throat> it's basically <clears throat> a breakdown of modern frequency warfare, and that's what World War Three, which we are currently in, is. And they are manipulating humanity. Uh, to usher in their transhumanist agenda, if you want my honest opinion. Now, maybe this is a little too far out there for some of you, and that's totally fine. You, you can put it in the take it or leave it column. 
Um, but there's just so many things that can be tied to this. And there's so many all operations <clears throat> that all have this link. There's all this link between all of them. The vaccination rollout, chemtrails, harp, all of it. Uh, frequency manipulation <clears throat> being at the heart of it. So very incredible. Um, like I said, the book is called Geoengineered Transhumanism. Uh, if you're interested in it, make sure you get it. <clears throat> Uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a quarter of way th- a quarter of the way through the book, and I've had to reread so much stuff because she's she's such a brilliant mind that I think she <laughs> she doesn't understand that uh, she's so much more advanced than we are in this in this topic that you really have to. And she don't don't get me wrong, she does a great job breaking everything down, but it's just so much information so quick that you're just like whoa! I haven't read books like this since the Grand Graham Hancock books, um, so. <clears throat> Get the book, uh, continue the research, um, understand what it, what exactly it is they are trying to do and, and are doing. Um, <clears throat> the level of of evil uh, it takes to 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 stoop to this level, or you know, your agenda is just most people can't even fathom the level of evil at play right now in the current world that we live in. You guys can. That's why you tune into this show. But that's where we're going to end this one because we're getting close to the hour and a half mark. So as always, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook. It's Canadian Patriot Radio. Use the message button. It comes directly to me. Uh, If you prefer email, it's CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. Also, there is the Telegram room. Feel free to to join that at any time for an ongoing conversation in the Telegram room. Uh, This is the type of topic that I love seeing in the Telegram room. So... Uh, be prepared, you're going to run in, into some of this stuff if you join that that room. And if none of that is the way you want to go, then at least check out the website, which is CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in again, my friends, and until next time, in all thy sons, command. joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.